Welcome to Bible Chapter Every Day. I'm Matthew. Our chapter today is 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Let's ask God to bless our time today. Heavenly Father, we pray that we would use the gifts and the abilities, the situations, the position you've given us to build up your church, to accomplish good. We pray this through Jesus. Amen. 1 Corinthians 14. Pursue love and strive for spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. For the one who speaks in a tongue does not speak to people, but to God, because no one understands. But by the Spirit he speaks mysteries. But the one who prophesies speaks to people, edification and encouragement and consolation. The one who speaks in a tongue edifies himself, but the one who prophesies edifies the church. Now, I want you all to speak with tongues, but even more that you may prophesy. The one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks with tongues, unless he interprets, in order that the church may receive edification. But now, brothers, if I come to you speaking with tongues, how do I benefit you, unless I speak to you either with a revelation, or with knowledge, or with a prophecy, or with teaching? Likewise, the inanimate things which produce a sound, whether flute or lyre, If they do not produce a distinction in the tones, how will it be known what is played on the flute or on the lyre? For indeed, if the trumpet produces an indistinct sound, who will prepare for battle? And so you, through the tongue, unless you produce a clear message, how will it be known what is spoken? For you will be speaking into the air. There are probably so many kinds of languages in the world and none without meaning. Therefore, if I do not know the meaning of the language, I will be a barbarian to the one who is speaking, and the one who is speaking will be a barbarian in my judgment. In this way also you, since you are zealous of spiritual gifts, seek for the edification of the church in order that you may abound. Therefore, the one who speaks in a tongue must pray that he may interpret. For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unproductive. Therefore, what shall I do? I will pray with my spirit, but I will also pray with my mind. I will sing praise with my spirit, but I will also sing praise with my mind. For otherwise, if you praise in your spirit, how will the one who fills the place of the outsider say the amen at your thanksgiving? Because he does not know what you are saying. For indeed, you are giving thanks well, but the other person is not edified. I give thanks to God that I speak with tongues more than all of you, but in the church I prefer to speak five words with my mind in order that I may instruct other people, than ten thousand words in a tongue. Brothers, do not become children in your understanding, but with respect to wickedness be as a child, and in your understanding be mature. In the law it is written, By those who speak a foreign language, and by the lips of others, I will speak to this people, and not even in this way will they obey me, says the Lord. So, The tongues are for a sign, not to those who believe, but to unbelievers. But prophecy is not for unbelievers, but for those who believe. Therefore, if the whole church comes together at the same time and all speak with tongues, and outsiders or unbelievers enter, will they not say that you are out of your minds? But if all prophesy and some unbeliever or outsider enters, he is convicted by all. He is judged by all. The secret things of his heart become evident. And so, falling on his face, he will worship God, proclaiming, God is truly among you. Therefore, 
What should you do, brothers? Whenever you come together, each one of you has a psalm, has a teaching, has a revelation, has a tongue, has an interpretation. All things must be done for edification. If anyone speaks in a tongue, it must be on one occasion, two, or at most three, and one after the other, and one must interpret. But if there is no interpreter, he must be silent in the church, but let him speak to himself and to God. Let two or three prophets speak, and the others evaluate. And if something is revealed to another who is seated, the first must be silent. For you are all able to prophesy in turn, in order that all may learn, and all may be encouraged. And the spirits of prophets are subject to prophets, for God is not a God of disorder, but of peace. As in all the churches of the saints, the women must be silent in the churches, for it is not permitted for them to speak, but they must be in submission, just as the law also says. But if they want to learn something, let them ask their own husbands at home, for it is shameful for a woman to speak in church. Or has the word of God gone out from you, or has it come to you only? If anyone thinks he is a prophet or spiritual, he should recognize that the things which I am writing to you are of the Lord. But if anyone ignores this, he is ignored. So then, my brothers, desire to prophesy, and do not prevent speaking with tongues. But let all things be done decently and according to proper procedure. Well, that's the reading. Let's dig in. Paul has been writing about the use of spiritual gifts in the assembly for the past two chapters. He introduced the topic in chapter 12. Then in chapter 13, he laid down the principle of love that should govern the use of spiritual gifts. Now in chapter 14, he will conclude the subject with some practical application for the church in Corinth. He starts out with the words, pursue love, reminding them of the principle he just covered in chapter 13. Then he says they should want the spiritual gifts, especially to prophesy. He explains that prophecy is a better gift for the building up of the church. It seems that maybe the Corinthian Christians thought speaking in tongues was the better gift because it was flashy, it was exciting, and it drew attention to the speaker. But Paul says the important thing is understanding. So if you speak in tongues, you need someone there who can interpret to get the meaning from what was said. With prophecy, people can get understanding from the speaker themselves, so they can be edified, that is, built up, strengthened. He uses the example of musical instruments. They have to produce distinct notes in order for you to recognize a tune, and a trumpet, which they would use to call out the troops for battle, it has to produce a sound that the hearers recognize. But he says if you are speaking in a tongue or a language that no one understands, then it is just gibberish and doesn't tell anyone anything. The goal must be to build up the church. He says, if you pray in a different language or tongue, then how will anyone agree with your prayer and say, Amen, if they don't understand what you just prayed? It was a fine prayer, but no one can be built up by it because they don't understand. He says that speaking in tongues is a sign to unbelievers rather than a gift for building up the church. Presumably a sign to unbelievers that can understand the language you are speaking so they know it is not gibberish. Otherwise, he says, if an outsider hears all these people speaking in different languages that he doesn't understand, he will just say, you're crazy. So Paul says they need to have an orderly public worship. They need to take turns speaking. If someone is going to speak in a different language or tongue, they need to have an interpreter there so everyone can understand. If there's no interpreter, then he should not speak in tongues in the service 
but he can do that at home when praying privately to God. He says when someone is prophesying, the others should evaluate the prophecy. The point is to build up the church. Verse 33, For God is not a God of disorder, but of peace. Then he speaks to the women in the church. Verse 34, The women must be silent in the churches, for it is not permitted for them to speak, but they must be in submission, just as the law also says. Apparently, part of the disorder was being caused by women, and Paul is saying that spiritual gifts in a worship service is not an excuse to throw off the roles that God has set up. And now for a deeper dive. It seems like the Corinthians had a chaotic worship service, and they were using the excuse of spiritual gifts to keep it that way, and Paul is telling them to get it in order. I think that the most important lesson for us to learn is that the purpose is to edify, to build up the whole church. I think we should talk about women's roles a bit. Paul says that women must be silent in the churches. I believe he means during the formal service. People come to different conclusions about the extent of what Paul is saying. Clearly, Paul is saying that this is not some new command, but the order that God has always set up. That doesn't mean it will be easy for us to accept, but it does mean that we can look at the rest of the Bible to help us understand. Back in chapter 11, Paul had mentioned women praying and prophesying with their head covered. Typically, we think of that in a public worship, but we should think about that. In 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 11, A woman must learn in quietness with all submission. But I do not permit a woman to teach or to exercise authority over a man, but to remain quiet. Paul goes on in 1 Timothy to explain that this is the way God set things up in the beginning when he created Adam first. So, the easiest conclusion to come to is that a woman should not say anything during the worship service. And if that is the conclusion you come to, I think that is how you should proceed, and I think God will be pleased. But there are other situations where a woman can speak and do a lot of good. Consider Priscilla and Aquila explaining things to Apollos in Acts 18, verse 26. And he began to speak boldly in the synagogue. But when Priscilla and Aquila heard him, they took him aside and explained the way of God to him more accurately. Priscilla's name appears first, before her husband's name, and apparently what they did for Apollos accomplished good. Now, I think if Priscilla had spoken up publicly while Apollos was speaking in the synagogue in order to correct him, it would have been out of place. But they did it in a way that was correct and accomplished good. So, to come back around, are we trying to build up God's church? Are we doing that in an orderly fashion? And are we doing it in the role that God has given to us? Scripture quotations are from the Lexham English Bible. Copyright 2012, Logos Bible Software. Lexham is a registered trademark of Logos Bible Software.